0: coronavirus vaccine now being administered to frontline health care workers here in Indiana. We'll hear from Vice President Mike Pence, HHS Secretary Alex Azar, and Surgeon General Jerome Adams, plus the latest from Washington, with Congress working overtime as the Electoral College makes the race for president official as President-elect Joe Biden adds a former Indiana mayor to his cabinet. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus.
1: Exploring the
0: issues that matter most in Indiana, this is In Focus with Dan Spieler. It is a historic week in America and something of a medical miracle, too, with frontline medical workers, nursing home patients, and some government officials now getting the coronavirus vaccine. Applause there as it happened. One of those government officials, Vice President Mike Pence, who was here in Indiana on Tuesday, encouraging Hoosiers to take the vaccine when it's widely available. Our Kayla Sullivan has a closer look today at the impact here in Indiana.
2: This Bloomington cattle plant will work through the holidays to produce and ship 20 million doses by the end of the month and hundreds of millions in the first and second quarter of 2021.
0: The development and the manufacture of a vaccine, the experts here will no doubt confirm, usually takes between eight and 12 years. We are on track uh, not only to develop,
1: manufacture, but distribute a vaccine uh, between eight and 12 months. Uh, It is a medical miracle.
2: With that historic speed, leaders know some may be skeptical of the vaccine.
1: Vaccines are the greatest gift that modern science has given to medicine. And it's really tragic when they're left on the shelf
2: during his visit to the facility. Vice President Mike Pence emphasized the safety of the vaccine and his confidence in it. However, he says until it's widely available, we need to go back to basics.
0: Wash your hands, practice good hygiene, practice social distancing when you can't or otherwise indicated uh, in a facility like this, wear a mask. I mean, put the health of
1: your family, your neighbors first.
2: It's going to be a while until it is available to everyone.
1: We expect to have enough supplies to vaccinate every American who wants it by the end of the second quarter of 2021.
2: Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb says he's looking forward to the hope this all brings for the state and country.
1: We can see the light and it's more than hope because of everyone that's gathered around this table and a lot of other tables around America.
2: Reporting from Catalan in Bloomington, I'm Kayla Sullivan.
0: Kayla, thanks. Surgeon General and former Indiana Health Commissioner Dr. Jerome Adams joining the VP in getting the vaccine on Friday, encouraging people to take the shot when they get the chance. What we did with this vaccine was use a platform that had been around for over a decade. So we know it's
1: safe. We know it's effective. We changed out the cartridge to adapt it to COVID-19. And that is really scientifically what allowed us to get here in record time. These
0: vaccines are safe and I will get one as soon as they tell me that I can. That's Dr. Jerome Adams in an interview this week on Fox News. The distribution process, though, somewhat hampered by the winter weather on the East Coast this week. They're also thawing out in Washington, where lawmakers have been working overtime to reach a deal on the latest coronavirus relief bill. This on the same week, the Electoral College finally made things official in the race for president, with more Republicans now acknowledging Joe Biden as the president-elect, including both of Indiana's Republican senators. Here's Washington correspondent Raquel Martin.
3: With the electoral votes cast,
0: the Electoral College has
4: spoken
3: and with the Senate chaplains blessing
4: bless President-elect Joseph Biden
3: Tuesday for the first time, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell officially recognized the next president.
1: So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The president-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He's devoted himself to public service.
3: And he's not alone. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt, and Indiana Senator Todd Young are among a growing list of Republican lawmakers now accepting the president's
0: defeat. It's very important that each of us pledges to work with uh, President-elect Biden. The
3: acknowledgement comes more than a month after Biden claimed victory and after weeks of failed legal challenges from the Trump campaign and supporters. The conservative-leaning Supreme Court summarily dismissed this effort,
0: outright rejecting the lawsuit.
3: Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin says he's glad some Senate Republicans are accepting reality.
0: Enough is enough.
3: But Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says all Republicans must follow suit.
0: For the sake of our democracy, for the sake of the peaceful transition of power.
2: Yesterday's
3: vote was one step in the constitutional process. But White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says the president isn't ready to back down. The
2: president is still involved in ongoing litigation. One
3: final step lies ahead. House lawmakers will certify the Electoral College vote results on January 6th. In Washington, Raquel Martin.
0: Now this week, Senator Mike Braun called the vote a watershed moment where we must put aside politics and respect the constitutional process. Susan Brooks said the Electoral College has spoken congratulating President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris. She said, quote, it is time for America to move forward. And Congressman Andre Carson said, I hope this milestone encourages my GOP colleagues to work with the incoming administration to solve the crises our country is facing. Here in Indiana, as our state's electors met on Monday, GOP Chair Kyle Hupfer told us he felt the president had the right to make his case in court, as our Russ McQuaid reports. The Indiana Electoral
5: College of 2020 is now
0: convened. Indiana Secretary
1: of State Connie Lawson gaveled the state's electoral college into session inside the House chambers of the Indiana State House. In all, Indiana has 11 electors, and all of them went to President Trump. He captured 1.7 million votes last month compared to Joe Biden's 1.2 million ballots. Though the results of today's Electoral College polling seem to be final, a top Republican Party leader remains steadfast in his support of the president's legal campaign to overturn the November
6: election results. I'm not the president's lawyers. Um, You know, he has his own team. Uh, As I've said from the beginning, I think the president has the right. Uh, and the duty if he feels like there are inconsistencies uh, in election results to uh, pursue any legal remedy that's out there to him Um, and so I'd leave that to him and his attorneys to figure out what that
1: course of action is. I asked GOP party chairman Kyle Hupfer if he supports the efforts of outgoing Attorney General Curtis Hill and incoming AG Todd Rokita, both Republicans, who joined a lawsuit filed by the Attorney General of Texas to overturn vote results in four states. I wasn't asked. I'm asking
6: you now. I, I wasn't asked, that's not my job. We had an election on November 3rd. The Supreme Court, just hours after uh, one of our members of Congress signed on to the, the support of the lawsuit, uh, threw it down uh, with no public dissent. I think this is just a political tactic by Republicans to raise money for a defeated president uh, to try to help save their party, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Five Indiana lawmakers put their support behind that failed lawsuit from Texas. Representatives Baird, Banks, Hollingsworth, Pence, and Wolarski. Meantime, President-elect Joe Biden has chosen former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg as his transportation secretary. If the Senate confirms the former presidential candidate, he would be the first openly gay department secretary to be confirmed for a post. Pete's got a great perspective of a mayor that solves problems and brings people together. He's got a vision. I'm a next generation leader. Newer
6: generations have a lot at stake in infrastructure policy that by its nature must contemplate both the immediate and the long term. The question of how America will look by the middle of this century, the competitiveness of our economy, the security of our climate. For me, this isn't academic, it's personal.
0: Okay, right now, let's bring in Importantville's Adam Wren, who covered the former mayor's campaign for president. Adam, this week in Politico, uh, you asked that key question. Is he ready for a job of this magnitude? What are people in his circle and in his hometown saying in response?
4: Now, many of the people I I talk to believe that while this is a jump, uh, and just to quantify it, uh, South Bend has a population of about 100,000. The employees that he'll be over in the department is about 55,000, so nearly half the population of his hometown. When when I talked to people, they said that he would be able to make that leap, that he had the managerial skills. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on his qualifications. And many people say, including even Republicans here in Indiana, people like U.S. Senator Todd Young, uh, who will be key to his uh, nomination and confirmation battle, Uh, They they say that he's qualified. Uh, So, you know, we'll we'll be watching that really closely. um, You know, when his confirmation hearings come around, we did
0: also, as you mentioned, see some of that bipartisan praise from Senator Young, also from Governor Holcomb. Uh, What does this mean for the former mayor's political future, do you think? Does he still have
4: presidential aspirations one day? You know, many have seen this position as a cabinet backwater position that doesn't really carry a lot of sway. But with a huge potential infrastructure bill and the offing under uh, by President-elect Biden, you know, you could see Pete Buttigieg going to all 50 states, major cities doing ribbon cuttings for new highways, new bridges. Uh, And this could really engender for him a lot of good uh, political will, uh, even on a bipartisan level, which we've seen this okay. past week here in Indiana.
0: Okay. Adam Wren, thanks so much. We'll have more uh, with our panel coming up uh, on the transition of power. Plus, uh, a lot of talk about Indiana's state budget and Indiana teachers. Will they get a pay raise in the year ahead? Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's bring in our panel now. Jennifer Wagner, Mike Murphy, Rima Shahid, and Tony Samuel. Let's start with Tony, who was 2016 vice chair for the Indiana Trump campaign. The VP getting the vaccine publicly Friday. He called it a medical miracle when he came to Indiana this week. Tony, will people like the vice president taking the vaccine publicly encourage more people to get it themselves when it's widely available? And do you think President Trump will eventually do the same?
1: I think so, and I think uh, President Trump probably, I'm, I'm sure he will at some point. Um, he, he, As you remember, he had it and he recovered right. very quickly, so he probably doesn't think he needs to be the first since he's, he's got some immunity, at least uh, for a while, we think. But yeah, I think it's great that the Vice President and Second Lady are getting it and, and so many others. And, and what you've seen this week is the folks on the front line, the healthcare workers getting it. Um, you know, my mom, uh, who watches the show, so hi, mom, uh, she's in a senior assistant living facility. So excited uh, that that she'll be uh, getting it soon. That's been very difficult on so many families across the country.
0: Well, we're so glad to hear uh, that news as well, that she'll be getting the vaccine soon too. Let's turn to former State Democratic Party Communications Director Jennifer Wagner. These vaccines bring some hope on the horizon, Jennifer, but obviously we're still in the midst of this pandemic. What changes do you think when the new administration takes office when it comes to public perception of this health crisis?
7: Well, I think uh, having an administration that actively believes in science will be really helpful. Um, But all kidding aside, um, I think it's going to send a message, uh, the president-elect, vice president-elect, that people need to get vaccinated. But we also need to be very careful. Um, We are still in the midst of this pandemic. People are still getting sick Uh, here in Indiana. Obviously, our infection rate and death rates are, are very, very high. We're coming into the holiday season, so Christmas, New Year's. Um, Will people continue to use caution now that they think there's a vaccine that they might be able to get quickly? Um, I certainly hope so, uh, but I think that we will have a few more months of some very dire news. Yeah,
0: we want to bring in former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy now. Mike, a lot happening in Washington this week, signaling the possibility of government working together on a relief package. Also, some Republicans this week, including Indiana Senators Young and Braun, finally acknowledging the president-elect after the vote from the Electoral College. Some bipartisan praise, as well, from Senator Young and Governor Holcomb on the Buttigieg nomination.
6: Yes, when I, when it comes to acknowledging the uh, the president-elect, I guess it's it's never too late for courage, right? So we, uh, you know, you graciously accept everybody who finally realizes the government has to work, and it will work after uh, January 20th. The Buttigieg announcement, a big announcement, great for Indiana. I was a little bit surprised he ended up in transportation. Um, Indian, uh, South Bend is not exactly known as a uh, mass transit city. You could probably walk across the whole city in 15 or 20 minutes. I, I really thought he'd go with a big city mayor like maybe Joe Hogsett, or the mayor of Chicago or the mayor of Atlanta, somebody who really has to deal with interstates and, and rapid transit. There aren't even any interstates in South Bend to deal with. so. But, you know, God bless him. He's in the cabinet. I'm
0: sure he'll do well. And Godspeed. Rima. I want to get your thoughts on the former mayor's nomination and also this question of whether the new year really can bring a new sense of bipartisanship in Washington. Or is that just wishful thinking? The incoming deputy chief of staff uh, had some colorful language to describe Republicans after everything that happened this past week with the Texas lawsuit. Can the parties work together after everything that's transpired?
8: I absolutely think so. I think time and time again, what we've seen is despite rocky campaigns and colorful candidates, um, that Americans do the right thing and we come together to put America first. I think that it is laughable that there are some that are uh, upset over the comments, given the president's comments, um, not just as a candidate, but also as a president. So I think that we really have to, um, not be hypocritical and um, take things into context. I am also excited by the appointment of Mayor Pete. I think it's a great day for Hoosiers and, and we continue to see Hoosiers in Washington doing great things. So I'm really excited and I think we can come together after January 20th and um, make some progress that's long needed and awaited.
0: Tony, your thoughts on everything we've seen and on the coming transition.
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, just sticking with the vaccine, uh, I, I think it was President Trump that said it would it would uh, be uh, available before the end of the year and, and folks on the other side and folks that wanted to tear him down uh, as they've done over four years. So that wasn't going to happen, but he was right. And it was Operation Warp Speed. And I think we've got to give him a lot of credit uh, for getting this done along with our pharmaceutical companies. They've done a great job in uh, our own lily uh, on treatments. Yeah. Um, my uh, father-in-law got the uh, Bamlanivimab antibody treatment because he came down with COVID last week and and felt better after uh, just about 24 hours. So we've right. got a lot to be thankful
0: for. All right, meantime, uh, this week at the Statehouse, Governor Holcomb unveiling his agenda this week for the upcoming legislative session.
1: We're going to take nothing for granted. We're going to keep our eye on the ball uh, and make sure that we manage our way, our way out of this. Again, our agenda, all five pillars, uh, is all about making sure that we're able to guide those discussions.
0: The governor says he's focused on five pillars, including building up the state's infrastructure, education, workforce development, public health, and cultivating a strong economy. The governor says he's optimistic Indiana can quickly recover from the pandemic since our our economy was already strong. And uh, Jennifer, I'll turn to you next. We did get some good news uh, this week on the state's. Revenue forecast, what will that mean here in the coming weeks and months?
7: Well, I think, Dan, that anyone who was looking for a big, bold agenda out of the governor last week uh, probably was uh, on the wrong path. Um, I think his agenda that he unveiled last Thursday uh, is a very common sense, very straightforward continuation of the work that he did in his first term. Um, I think his focus on COVID uh, and our economy and making sure that we you know, keep enough money in the bank to be able to weather this and other storms is a, is a very mm-hmm. solid Hoosier approach. Um, and I commend him for it.
0: Uh, the IBLC did put out a statement uh, Thursday saying they, saying they were disappointed the governor didn't do more to address racial justice issues or the disproportionate effect of the pandemic on minority communities. Uh, Mike, y- y- your thoughts uh, on the governor's agenda for the next year? Well, as Jefferson said, I think it's common sense. Uh, the number one issue, I
6: think, is public health. Uh, the mm-hmm. vaccine arrived in Indianapolis uh, just several days ago. People are starting to get it, and we'll move through the the uh, CDC-approved uh, priority tiers. And, and soon, within the next several months, virtually any Hoosier who who wants a vaccine uh, will have it. Um, you know, if you don't, if you aren't healthy, you can't work, and if you can't work, you can't make money, and you can't feed your family. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, public health is number one. Also, let's watch for uh, you know the need for more state revenue to come from the gambling right. industry. In the last, whenever Indiana needs more money, they turn to gambling.
0: R- Rima, your, your thoughts on the governor's agenda and, and other issues you're watching for this year at the state house.
8: Yeah, we are really excited to see that the governor has pregnancy accommodations for workers in his agenda. That's something that we have advocated for. I think that we have to look at providing relief and accommodations for women and to ensure healthy women, healthy moms, and healthy babies. And this seems like something that we can all come together on to pass. I think Indiana's infant mortality rate is alarming, and that's a really easy way for us to make sure that people stay in the workforce but are also safe.
0: Okay, thank you all. We'll see you again here in just a few minutes. Meantime, Indiana teachers also wondering about the state budget next year and Whether they'll get that pay raise in the year ahead, we'll take a closer look after the break. A state commission charged with studying teacher salaries in Indiana finds our state needs to come up with more than $600 million to increase teacher pay and stay competitive with nearby states. Our Joe Glavin takes a closer look at what could be coming next in this fight. Joe.
5: More than 1 in 10 Indiana teachers leave the profession every year, and less people are becoming teachers. Schools need more money to stop those trends, but getting that money could still be an uphill battle. This 83-page report, compiled over nearly two years by a commission appointed by the governor, lays out the problem and 37 recommendations to fix it. The goal, raise average teacher pay by $7,000 to $60,000 and starting teacher pay to $40,000.
1: The recommendations in this report are not collectively a silver bullet.
5: Instead, Commission Chairman Mike Smith referred to the recommendations as a menu of options. Things like changes to health care plans, partnerships or even consolidation between districts and revisions to state law. Indiana currently sits at 38th in the country for both starting and average teacher salaries and last among our neighboring states.
6: Educators and ISTA have been sounding the alarm bell for
8: years.
5: A year ago, teachers and education advocates converged on the statehouse, calling for pay increases. The governor and legislators vowed to prioritize the issue before the pandemic hit. In order to meet the $600 million mark to raise Indiana's teachers to the pay levels of their peers, state legislators will need to allocate at least half that amount.
1: If the legislature waits, uh, you're talking four and five years before you see the full impact uh, of additional revenues coming to schools.
6: Further delay will cause the state to lose good teachers and we cannot afford to let that happen.
5: Taxpayers could be asked to foot more of the bill for teachers too. The commission recommended that more school districts put referendums on their future ballots. I'm Jill Glavin.
0: In his agenda for next year, the governor at least acknowledging that he will be looking forward to reviewing the findings of that commission. Stick around. We'll be right back. Today on CBS Four, the Colts take on the Texans, this time at Lucas Oil Stadium, kickoff one o'clock, starting with the Colts Blue Zone after face the nation. All right. Time to wrap things up with this week's winners and losers. Rima, I'll start with you.
8: My winner this week is a Jamaican born critical care nurse by the name of Sandra Lindsay. She was the first person in the United States to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. It just shows you that immigrants, people of color, and black women are always the first to step up and do the right Mm -hmm. thing for our nation.
0: So great to see uh, those images. Mike? Well, I have to say the winner is Mike Pence. Uh, Leadership is all about symbols. He stepped
6: up, he got the vaccine. A lot of people will follow his lead. The loser has to be our soon-to-be former president, and, you know, he, it's, it's just sad to see that even after the Senate acknowledges a president-elect, he is uh, giving flack to the Senate pro tem for just acknowledging the truth. It's, it's sad, and, and in a few weeks, uh, you know, we'll be able to get back to the truth. Jennifer?
7: Uh, yeah, my winner this week has to be Pete Buttigieg. Uh, we always knew he'd go on to do great things, and I look forward to seeing what he uh, does in his new post in D.C.
0: Tony? My winner is Tom
1: Cruise, not for his rant that he went on on the set of Mission Impossible 7, but because uh, he makes good movies, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But my loser is also Tom Cruise for that rant. You know, Dan, you never yell at us when we mess right? up. Right.
0: Exactly. Well, there's no need to. You all do a great job, and we appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. Have a great holiday.